everyone, welcome once again to Podcast in Death, the weekly podcast where we discuss the in-death series of books by J.D. Robb. I am AJ. I'm Jen. I'm Tara. And this is episode number 69 of Podcast in Death. And in this episode, uh, we're going to talk about Forgotten in Death. Yes, we are. Yay! Whoop, whoop. The whoop, whoop. newest <laughs> book in the in-depth series. So exciting. And um, I, you know, my, I was okay with this one. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> you're, you're okay with this one? I was okay with it. <laughs> I, I know. So many people were like, oh my gosh, fantastic. And yeah. I was reading it going like. Um, yeah, and it's good. I think we're coming off from two stellar books. Right. And I do tend to like the books where there's way more action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're coming off from two very action-packed, mm-hmm. high-stakes books. And um, so I think that maybe it was a little bit of a letdown in that regard. I'm with you. I I was like, I liked it. It was fine. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing to come after the last couple books. Right. Mm -hmm. But I was like, it's fine. Yeah. I think I, I sent a message out. It was, I was like maybe a quarter of the way in or a Mm -hmm. third of the way in or whatever. And um, I was like, there's not much Rourke in this one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At least at first, you know, there really wasn't much Rourke in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I liked it. Yeah, I I definitely liked it. I, just, I liked it, it. No, I you know it's not it's I by no means did not like it. I liked it. I actually liked it a lot for one of the less action packed books. I liked it a lot. I thought mm-hmm. that there were a lot of really good, um, just good character moments and um, a lot of good Peabody moments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is right. very much a Peabody book. But there too, there was a lot of Peabody and Eve working separately in this one. There which was. I thought yeah. was interesting. There and was I, really a lot of Eve kind of working out things on her, her own and in her head. Yeah. Right. Which and was a fascinating way to approach it. Mm-hmm. it. It it was I think okay, so we talked before about how I kind of feel like um a lot of these books we've had in the last couple of years have been books that are kind of setting up a an ending, an end game, an end game. Some in we're some in, way. Now I could be now. completely off on this. <laughs> we're in the you end know? game now, right? I, and I could be completely off, but I yeah. feel like that's kind of no. I I don't me, think that's you're what off. It at feels all. like I don't no. think you're off at all. I think you're absolutely right. You know, as much as we hate to think it, and most most of the other readers hate to think it, I think that you're very much correct in that regard. I think yeah. it's it's coming. It's coming sooner rather than later. I don't right. think Nora's going to end up like Sue Grafton and you know be writing a book on her deathbed. That's <laughs> that's not going to happen. Sadly, not but, that she um, couldn't. Not that We're she not couldn't. That <laughs> yeah. I just feel like as a fan of hers, I want her to enjoy her life a little bit. Like <laughs> she's, she's 71 years old. Let her, let her have time with her grandkids. And I feel like, you she's know, even if she doesn't stop writing, what? 
I feel like she's enjoying her life and she seems Oh, I like know she that. Is. I know that. But I'm just saying, let her retire. You know, I mean, maybe yeah. if she wants, if she, I'm all for her writing right. for the rest of her life, if that's what she wants. Right. I'm happy for that. But if she decides, hey, I, you know, I've told the story, I'm done. I'm okay with right. that. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to be mad about it. Yeah. You know, that's, I, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. You know, I mean, totally up for whatever she wants to do you know yeah um, yeah 100 percent. and i think it's you know i'd be maybe happy her plan her. is to be writing on her deathbed who knows i, I mean, mean maybe i just do not do not want to see this series passed on to someone else i do no, not I, same so i want well, it wrapped up some would say that. it has already been passed on to oh whatever <laughs> fuck them but um yeah, but I don't I, want that. I don't want it passed into the hands of somebody else because she couldn't she didn't finish it. So I have right. a feeling I have a feeling Nora and, has an end game in plan. And that might be exactly what she's thinking, too, mm-hmm. because um, I don't think she would want it that way. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, this whole thing with this feeling I got where, you know, they were working very much separately, her and Peabody. Mm hmm. And um, especially there was one point in the book where um, they were just interviewing shortly after they found, you know, both bodies, but they were still, they were still interviewing people on the first murder. Right. Um, And Eve was letting Peabody just take that, you know, and she Mm -hmm. told her like, go ahead and continue. You know what you're doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, uh, and if you need me, then call me in. Right. And Peabody's saying to her, like, I appreciate you giving me these this opportunity to take the lead on these on right. these um and yeah, I mean that's that's exactly what I thought. I thought, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're showing that now so that yeah. people can start to get used to that now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um again, I could be completely off, but um Yeah, you could and I could, but I, I completely agree with you. I think that that's definitely very much the case. She's at least Laying the groundwork for an right. endgame. Um, so that if that were to happen, if that unhappy event were to happen, right. that, she needs to, that she needs to stop writing this series. She she has a, a reasonable yeah. way to wrap it up. And yeah. it's not like, okay, we're still, we're like going full throttle and then all of a sudden, oh, okay, Eve's pregnant, Captain, Candy Thief is the bullpen. Right. And <laughs> exactly. The end. In one book. Everything, one everything gets wrapped up and you're like, you know, wait, what? Wait, wait what? Yeah. <laughs> like we, this, she, but she knows how to do this. You know, like if anyone's right. going to. Yep. I, I, no doubt she could pull it off, but, yeah. um, right. I'm, you know, and, and really, so the Peabody thing wasn't the only thing in this book that I thought, oh, okay. She's, she's winding mm-hmm. down, you know? Yeah. Um, because you know we mentioned something about a lot of this was all in Eve's head a lot of it was about her really wanting to find because she didn't have to take down the the ex-husband no no didn't have to she could have ended Mm -hmm. at you know oh we found the killer and now we move on right she really wanted to take down the husband and I think that Mm -hmm. has to do with Eve's inner inner demons and I just thought it was interesting that so in in shadows we talked about how Lorcan Cobb may be a stand-in for um, Patrick Rourke. Patrick Rourke, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was a point uh, in this book where 
Eve thinks something when uh, she took down the ex-husband, thinks something mm-hmm. about her father. Okay. And like, yeah. oh, this is not her father, but, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a good stand-in. Well, yeah. it's, it's not just about that, though. I mean, it's about, I mean, I think she was very clear about, it's just about the badge. And like his, yeah. mm-hmm. his position as a chief of police. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I definitely was like, yes, the Richard Troy thing was very obvious, but this was like obvious in a different way. And I'm that was the part that hit me more. Was it? He was like, yeah, I'm taking him down for what he did to his wife, but like that is not okay. It is not okay. It's a much bigger, it's a much bigger stance. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, and we we could talk about the overall kind of theme of what I think of you know or what we all think of what the overall kind of theme was, what she was going for mm-hmm. in writing this one. I'm just saying that her thinking about her father kind of made me think of this whole, there's an end game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I get that. And also the whole book itself, like now that you've brought that up, there were a lot of things just in the book. It wasn't just the, her taking him down. There was just like this underlying mm-hmm. feel of Richard Troy in the back of her mind because it was set off by Alva, you know? And mm-hmm. like, here's right. this, there, here's this person that couldn't get the help she needed. And like, we didn't talk about it in detail, but we did, you know, it was just the way it was handled. I totally follow what you're saying about that. Mm-hmm. Like bringing up, bringing it up in that way. I'm like, no, I get it because she's also just perfected being able to be like, let's talk about this without being like Eve's life is tragic and we should feel bad for her. Like she's, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, no, you're people, right. You're people right. About right. That in reviews. I'm like, no, she's so gracious about how she brings this up, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed that part of it. I thought it was um, really well done because yeah, I mean, Eve has demons. That's right. part of the entire mm-hmm. theme of the story. Right. right. So had, I hadn't thought about it that way until you'd said that. But in so order to move it, yeah. on to mm-hmm. the next step. Yeah, she has to. She has mm-hmm. to kind of deal with those. She has to deal with that. Yeah. So I, I felt like that's doing this. But also, so one more thing that I have to bring up that I feel like was an end game like indicator. Mm-hmm was the whole storyline with yuri bardov uh-huh made me think of rourke like is she <laughs> is she trying to kind of give us an idea of what i mean obviously yuri bardov's wife is not eve i mean eve's not gonna right. when they retire it's not gonna be at home cooking right you know baking <laughs> cookies with the grandkids no but the whole the whole theme of here's this guy who is a badass like gangster who had mm-hmm. done a lot of horrible things including murder mm-hmm. in his past but found the love of his life mm-hmm. and now now he's older and ready to settle down mm-hmm. and retire and mm-hmm. it, you know the just the, the just the difference between how she told that story mm-hmm. as opposed to how she told the the singer's story mm, yeah right mm-hmm. i mean this yeah. dude is a older dude but had been a criminal you know essentially mm-hmm. but she is turning him into like the kindly old 
grandfather who's like in his backyard yeah and he was and he was gonna he was legitimizing his business and was like you know getting out of the gangster business and you know and so and i'm just gonna flat out say it right now i'm in love with the russian gangster so i hope we see him again I said that was the point. I got I got a little confused some of the times when we were trying to get through all these Russian names, and then I'd like go oh. back and reread a lot of things, and I was like, wait, mm-hmm. no, that's because, and I don't know what it was. Like I I usually never have problems with any names ever, but for whatever reason, I was like, what the fuck? Who? Oh, right that that Russian person. Like I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that Russian person. I don't know what my deal was. I was just like, okay. Oh, you know me and my love for Eastern European men. So yeah. I, I can't. I mean, for there whatever is. reason, like any other time that, you know, any other time, I'm fine. Yeah, but you'd have been fine. Apparently, Russian names are the ones that just throw me off. Russian names just throw you off. Yeah. I'm, I have no That's excuse. Okay. That's just. Well, give, me all, give me all the Russian men. Yeah. All of them. I want them all. But going back to what we first started with, people not understanding, like, these two murders and why, why did she put two murders in? And um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you guys may have your own theories on it. Mm -hmm. Um, I I feel like she wanted to show, you know, uh, the patriarchy, like treating women as disposable. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's the, that's what I got from it. I, I definitely can see that. And here's the thing is that it is not the first time she has explored this, but it's maybe one of the more blatant ways she's explored this. Mm-hmm. And I'm not mad about it because, well, we live in this world. <laughs> you know, like, why shouldn't it be something that we're just going to throw in your face? Because what difference has it made if we're not throwing it in your face? You know? Right. Yeah. Big facts. Right. Yeah. You know, um, and it's also entitled people throwing, you know, mm-hmm. people away like garbage or not okay or paying their way into college or paying their way into college. Entitled people, <laughs> and we have gone and then later cool. going on dancing with Shout the stars. Shout out to the boyfriend room, y'all. <laughs> Honestly, I respect it so hard. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, you know, um, Eve's called to this crime scene that's on a construction site and mm-hmm. this woman's been thrown in the dumpster and the, uh, when, when they finally ID her, the, um, first on scene officers tell Eve that this is a woman that they, a homeless woman that they would call concerned citizen because she would carry around a book and a pencil to write down when people would break laws. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, which I, you know, I mean, you could see that as kind of a metaphor for Eve. You know, I mean, yeah. somebody who was working toward, I mean, in her own way, trying to find justice. People, right? You know, right. And then while she's on that site, she gets called to a, another site right next door, and it's, you know, they demoed a floor in a building and found a woman, or you know, a body there bones essentially and it seems to them to be a woman's uh remains because there's a skeleton and then there's a a tiny little baby skeleton 
Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> so yeah, um, then when Eve t- asks who's in charge of the second site or who's the owner, I, I just loved it when the girl kind of looked at her said, well, you are. You are? are? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> I like that that's always her response now. Yeah. She's it's not like she's like she's she not even like, yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? She's like, Of course I am. Okay, here we yeah. go. Of course I am. <laughs> <laughs> of course I am. That right. bastard and all his money. <laughs> it's just it's like uh, I just I just imagine like Eve's inner monologue is just like I shouldn't be surprised by this. Okay, let's go. <laughs> like yeah. It's the most resigned yeah. thing ever. Yeah. So they don't have any idea about the bones and they have to call DeWinder out to the scene to uh, kind of take a look and take charge of these bones. I mean, <clears throat> I think they know like kind of a ballpark figure of when the original building was put up. Yeah, I think, I mean, they like even, they kind of even look up the timeline right then and there. Mm-hmm. Then... She finds out, or I think Peabody finds out that the first that the first site is owned by Singer Developers, and of course, Eve has to call Rourke and tell him about the second scene. Hey, Rourke, remember the and, last time we found bodies on your property? We're going to do it again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this keeps happening to you, dude. But this um, why we shouldn't own everything. The second time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And you went like, this how is many, getting to how be a bad are? habit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know what? I was I was waiting for somebody to make a reference to, and nobody made a reference to it. The cask of Amontillado, uh, cask of Amontillado. Huh? Yeah. Nobody made reference no to that, did. but I thought of that right away. Right. Yeah. You know why? You know why no one did? Because it's one Rourke's property, and two Rourke wasn't really in this part of the book. Because you know Rourke's got like a Rourke post section. Well, in he the was library. she. Yeah. <laughs> well, but she um, she had to call him, and he came down. I know, right? Okay. But that's like he's not. He really isn't in the book that much. He really wasn't, and I was I was actually kind of surprised by that. But I kind yeah. of liked it. But we'll get there. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't like go. Oh my god! I'm so glad Rourke's not in this book. But it was just. It was a nice change of pace. Right. Here's here's my favorite part about it is that she was dealing with Russian mobsters and he didn't swoop in and go, I must control this situation and protect you. Like he let her handle it. That was yeah. that was what I really liked about that. But yeah. Yeah. Well, and I feel like too that he didn't have any um like he didn't have any ties to Yuri Bart. I mean, like he wasn't good. <laughs> he didn't think, well, right. No, but what I'm saying is like with Ricker, yeah. who obviously is a badass gangster, he very much had ties to him and right. he knew that it was going to be personal. Right. With this guy, not so much. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I agree with you. I think it's fantastic that he didn't swoop yeah. in and start that nonsense. But, um, well, I mean, I think it Again, a it, it's a it's a huge it's a huge dichotomy, or yeah. I don't know if that's the right word, but mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's it's said several times throughout the book that Yuri Bardov, even though they, you know, is, yeah, Russian gangster, and you know, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, in his personal life, he was He's a marshmallow, yeah, <laughs> cinnamon, cinnamon roll, 
Cinnamon roll. Yeah. The cinnamon roll. Eh, either works. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, Rourke right. kind of understands that. Yeah. And, and he doesn't, he knows that he's, she's not, he's not going to go after Eve for questioning him. Yeah. yeah. Just, because I'm sure he knew that he had a history of, you know, going after cops that dared to question him. Then right. yeah, he probably would have gotten a little bit more involved, but right. he obviously doesn't. So, yeah. and like I said, it wasn't personal either. So that's yeah. another. I mean, yeah, that, that does make a huge difference, but right. So, um, so yeah, Eve and Peabody go to speak to Bolton Singer, who is the CEO of this company, Singer, what, what is it, Construction or something yeah, like Singer that. Construction, I think. Um, and uh, talk to a bunch of other people, too. They questioned, well, that's when, like we said, they had a whole list of people, and she gave mm-hmm. all those people to Peabody. She gave them all the Peabody, question. yeah. And then she went over to the morgue and talked with Morris. Mm-hmm. And that's when Morris kind of points out to her that uh, this person who they identified as, this is the first victim, they identified her as Mm -hmm. Alva Quirk. And Morris tells her that she has um, a bunch of old injuries. Right. You know. Um, And that's when Eve kind of starts to hypothesize that this person maybe was in an abusive relationship and ran away. And somehow ended up on the streets. Mm-hmm. So she then goes to Feeney and um, to see if Feeney can like look up information on this person, Alva Cork, because they don't have anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And that's when Feeney's like, no, we're too busy. We've got all, you know, three other cases. And plus we have this really hot one that, by the way, I might have to call Rourke and ask him to consult, you know. <laughs> I love that scene so much. Well, that's really the only that's really the only Feeny stuff we get in the book, and I'm like, fine, because it's so good. Yeah, Yeah. it's so so great. Because before he says, I might have to consult him. She she says she immediately jumps to, oh my god, you don't think that he would actually do that? (laughs) He's like, well, I mean, (laughs) but no, you no, but no. I just want to. I just want his perspective. Yeah, because, exactly. Oh, you know, he might know something about it. Yeah, I mean, who knows? And mm. um, so, uh, so Eve then calls Rourke because uh, Feeney is too busy to help her, and um, says, "You know, can you do this for me? Look up data on this woman." But also, Feeney's probably going to contact you, and Rourke's like, "Oh, yeah." About this? Sure. I know about that. He already knows about the, the art theft and the whole thing. Because of course he does. <laughs> right? Yeah. So he's like, yeah, of course I will consult on that. Then, so like I said, Peabody is doing questioning on her own and Eve says, like, go ahead and continue doing that on your own. And if you need me, call me in. Right. And one of the people that she's questioning is a landscaper on the you know, project. She calls Eve in because this landscaper is saying that she feels like basically the the structural engineer who is Alexei Tavinsky, one of the Russians that Tara can't keep track yeah, of. Yeah, I cannot. Um, I mean, I can when I'm like looking at them on the page, but when I'm like <laughs> thinking about their names, that's why I have to like go back and be like, okay, this is this one. This is this one. I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, fine. <laughs> He is the nephew of Yuri Yuri Bardov's wife. Yes. Um, 
she this this landscaper is saying that she feels like he's kind of um doing some shady shit you know <laughs> charging top dollar for stuff but then using lesser products and so eve right away starts looking at alexei tavinsky she's like oh good uh, someone doing shady shit yes i must look at that person <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you. that's who you look at in this situation, right? The person who's doing shitty shit. Exactly. Um, so then Eve goes back to her office and that's when Rourke shows up and they have lunch and they talk about Yuri Bardov and all of that. Which is kind of interesting because like, you know, Rourke doesn't often like show up at Eve's office and hey, let's have lunch. It's a very married thing to do, I think. Like, yeah. Very much, yeah. You know, there. So Peabody tells Eve that of the witnesses that she was supposed to be, you know, talking to, the one she can't get a hold of is a guy named Carmine Delgado. So Eve tells Peabody that that she'll talk to Delgado and was going to leave, and you know, again bumped into Rourke. So I, you know, he was there, yeah, to consult with Feeney <laughs> yeah. about the art, right thing. So uh, they are going to ride home together and they decide to stop at Carmine Delgado's house first on the way and talk to him. But he wasn't home because his wife had kicked him out because he's got a gambling addiction and she's sick of it. And so she kicked him out. Can we talk about how many times she said the word squatters in this book? And I hate that word. (laughs) Did she say it a lot? You didn't notice that? No, it's like she talked about it a no. lot, like when they were talking about the buildings. I also, I also have very few words that I hate, and they're not common hated words. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's right up there with moist for me. I don't mind that word. Just, <laughs> I don't mind either of those words. Oh, yeah, those words boy. are fine. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, moist is like, a kind of a gross word. I mean, it's not like it's not like it's it's not like a word that I like to hear, but I'm not like, (laughs) like stop saying squatter. Five percent of the population. I'm like, okay. (laughs) So, so the part that I I was trying to find on my Kindle is that um, you know they talked to Carmine Delgado's wife, and she's all pissed off, and she's like, you know, I'm throwing him out. This is it. Mm-hmm. We're done. I'm so angry at him. I'm just tired of his shit. Blah blah. She goes on and on and on. You know. Um. And then when they left, it says mm-hmm. Rourke wrapped an arm around Eve's waist as they walked back to the car and said, "She still loves him." And Eve's like, "Come on!" And he's like, "She's too angry not to still love him." I saw a broken heart in her eyes. Yeah, that kind of hit me too. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> But, yep. you know, a, a lot of a lot of moments where it was a very emotional book. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. OK, yeah. Right. It was it was very emotional. Like, you know, a lot of it was so internal. You know, it was a lot mm-hmm. about people's internal feelings. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. was, you know? again, not something that she's done much with. And so I think that was right. I think that was the refreshing mm-hmm. part of a book that was a good book, but not one that I was like, Oh my God, I love this book. And I think that the best part for me overall was that 
inner, I don't know, like Eve's inner monologue that wasn't clearly an inner monologue. It was just, we were taking this journey with her in a different way than we had right. before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. There's plenty of people that were like, love this book, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that- like we said, I mean, I did not dislike it by any means. I just feel like it was, you know, not a letdown, but it was just such a hard pivot from the last two books. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It wasn't because it was just like, go, 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 go for two straight books. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, all right, we're just going to, you know, chill out with this one. And yeah, which is interesting. <laughs> it, you know, it did feel like chilling out, but, yeah. there, but a lot happened in this. Book. Yeah, a lot. I mean, she's dealing with two murders initially mm-hmm. and then and then three. And then three, because they mm-hmm. leave the Carmine Delgado's wife's house and she gives them uh, the address, his new address. Mm-hmm. They go there. And right. when they finally get in, they find Carmine is hanging. He's he's right. supposedly hung himself, he's supposed to look like he's hung himself. Right. But he figures that it's it's more than likely a murder. OK, here is where we're going to talk about. OK, one of the medical issues. All right. Nobody straddles anyone to do CPR. Okay. Okay. And I don't know if that was on TV. That I don't fucking care. That's not how it works. (laughs) You don't straddle the patient to do CPR. You just I I can confirm. (laughs) Okay. You do not. And that's not the first time Eve has done that. But do you and, still sing um, Staying Alive when you do it? Well, yeah. Okay. I just want to make actually, sure that's actually when I, still alive. I ask these important questions. <laughs> this is not really legend. <laughs> you either sing Staying Alive. So there's a couple songs. Staying Alive. The Death March. The Imperial March from Star Wars. Okay. I mean, or um, uh, which Beyonce song is it? I think it's Crazy in Love. Okay. Yeah, so those three songs. <laughs> those are the three. You can One use. of the three. Yep. When you're so, doing CPR, if you want to do CPR to stay alive, AJ, you do that all day long. But do not straddle the fucking patient. Okay. okay? <laughs> like I said, this is not the first time that this has happened in the books because she has done CPR before and done the same thing. Right. Like, don't do that. <laughs> so don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. okay. Here's my medical so, ram. No, that's yeah, fine. this that is such a legitimate medical rant, and you know what? I didn't even notice it in this book because it has happened in the past. And the last time uh-huh. you brought up this exact thing, I was like, "Yeah, no, you can't even do that." And I'm not even. No. It doesn't give you the right leverage. Right. Like you've got to be. Or- yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is, it's all important medical information to have so frustrating so so yeah but there are clues in the in the apartment that would lead eve to believe that this was actually a murder one being that there was a hook installed in the ceiling and it looked like it had just been installed like there's like he had installed the hook and then hung himself but there were no tools in order to do that he had no tool which doesn't make he's a plumber but i guess he didn't have any power tools or the right. the right kind of power tools. To I mean, I'm not a plumber. Um, do you, I don't know what kind of power tools you would need, I guess. No, nah, I don't know. 
Is staying alive also an appropriate song to sing while fixing a toilet? Sure. Staying alive is always an important There it is. That's always a good song to sing. Correct. There it is. I'm not sure why. Um, You know know what's inappropriate? To go on Twitter and make a post. Okay, who's who's uh, who's better, Bee Gees or Air Supply? What the fuck? Right? Couldn't believe some guy put a post on there like that, and like ninety percent, ninety five percent of the people were like, "The fuck, dude!" Like, Bee Gees, obviously, like, really like, Air Supply of all the people right? you can compare them to. The disrespect, like, come on. man. Right, I know. Total disrespect. I mean, I know guy. there are air supply fans out there, but well, yeah, and I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie. I, you I know, I, I'm all, I'm all for, I'm all out of love, but I mean, come on. I'm it's all just, out of it love. doesn't. Okay, name another air supply song. Yeah. You can't, can't. You cannot because that's the only one. I mean, I probably could, but I probably could do I mean, yeah, really I'm sure tried. there's more. I think I had I think I had Air Supply's greatest. Oh, hit I had like but. well, I had their first album and their second wow. album, I think, and that's when I was like, okay, I'm done with Air Supply. But <laughs> Yeah. I mean, but the, it's not even a comparison though. No, it's not like right, it's who? not it's like, you know, like I see the people that compare the Beatles to the Stones. I mean, I think it's a stupid comparison, but it I don't. It makes much I more sense than BGs and Air Supply. It makes more sense. Yeah. You know, if you're going to compare sense. the BGs to someone, don't just what? Also, stop just stop mm-hmm. comparing them to each other. Like, just let right. I mean, they're completely, yeah. completely different. Yeah. And I just want to say they just announced the mixtape tour, and um, I'm getting tickets because it's New Kids on the Block and Salt and Pepper and and fucking En Vogue. All right. Okay. En Vogue. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And somebody else. I can't remember who else. There was one more. Tara's like, where do I get? Might have been Boys to Men. Listen, I just, I, I. I'm like just a little too young for that group, but En Vogue. Yeah. I was not a new kid's I person. Love I love them all. I was too old. I was, <laughs> New Kids was my first concert that I got to go so to see, by myself without my parents. One person too old, one person, see, Jen's just right. See, just right. I'm, just right I'm, for I, New Kids. Yeah. No, I was, I was the, the New Kid voice. I was NSYNC Backstreet Boys. That was my time. Backstreet Boys, by the way, are mine, my band, like my boy band. I mean, yeah. Sorry, I'm saying. Although I think Lance is the one of the coolest guys ever. But yeah, yeah, I saw Backstreet Boys in concert because that's what people my age did. I don't know, like what? Okay. <laughs> they did this like this is like private little like two hundred person like guest concert in Columbus that I got to go to. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. would see new kids. No. I'd see yeah. I'd see a lot of yeah. people. I want. I actually did want to go see um, the boy band tour when they toured with that. I mean, why the heck not? Black, you know. Something. Yeah. Because annoying people also I, like boy bands. Not want to be around annoying people. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia Jade probably likes boy bands. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna always say it. Who I know who, but also. Yeah. Not even worth knowing who. So who? Well, you, right. when you listen to exactly. this week's um, briefing room, you'll understand. Briefing room, you'll understand. You'll understand. Anyway, so yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Where were we? We're BGs. Okay, BGs <laughs> <laughs> and boy bands. And boy bands. <laughs> I'm talking about important shit, guys. Okay, so 
Back to the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back to the book. So um, Eve thinks that uh, Carmine Delgado's death is a murder. She's um, right. So she's per- per- pursuing that avenue. And then um, her and Rourke drive home. And um, he- Rourke's looking for information on Alva Quirk. And he finds out who she actually is. Um, gives Eve all that information. And Eve contacts her family to tell them that she's been murdered and you know she's got a brother and sister and it's a whole sordid tale of you know this abusive husband that she had that you know uh, right she she left at one point and he essentially beat up her brother and, and had her sister raped and her sister raped and told her yeah. like this is what i can do like a real dick. A dick. You know. <laughs> dick doesn't yeah. cover it. Yeah, up. honestly, <laughs> you're correct. Right, yeah. Evil piece of trash. But again, I think it's uh, a lot of this book is about powerful people kind of abusing the less power. powerful. Men, yeah, mm-hmm. abusing their power. Yeah. And that That is probably the, the central theme here. Mm-hmm. Powerful people abusing their power. Yeah. Rourke... Um, gives Eve this whole sad story of Alva Quirk's actual, you know, life. And then at one point told Eve that she had ended up in a, in a group home or a abuse home for abused women or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Eve contacts the um, woman who runs that shelter. Um, I guess that's the, the woman who gave Alva Quirk her new, identity yeah erase the old identity or tried to erase the old identity gave her a new identity and um eve contacts her and during the course of the discussion the woman said oh you know not only she always kept those books that she was writing you know infractions in but the lady said she she at one point had had also done she kept a diary mm-hmm so Eve wants to get a hold of the diary because the woman said, I have a box of them, mm-hmm. several books, diaries, you know. Yep. So Eve wants to get a hold of those. So she sends um, Carmichael and Shelby out to wherever this woman is mm-hmm. uh, to get the notebooks. So Rourke had also looked up information on Alexei Tavinsky for Eve and found that he has several um even though he's married yeah he's got a harem with women and and uh literally a whole harem children seriously yeah Yeah. women Um, and children women and children that he's paying out a lot of money to financially support and um rourke also finds a bunch of like mysterious deposits into tavinsky's bank accounts so um dun 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 (laughs) so eve's eve's uh her theory now is that Alva Quirk must have seen Tavinsky doing something illegal or wrong. Told him that she was going to write him up in her little book. And he, you know, murdered her for it. Yeah. That's the theory. That's, that's how that went. Yeah. Yeah. And I forgot to mention. So we said it wasn't a whole lot of like funny comedy mm-hmm. scenes in, in this book. But one, the one I did like that I did appreciate was um, 
the uh, brothers who own the apartment. Oh, yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Carmine Delgado. Yes. Yeah. Great scene. <laughs> I yeah. did like them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, and just the not fact swearing because that, mama would have kicked our asses. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. I love that. <laughs> and and it, honestly, that is like, I, I know so many people like that. It's hilarious. Yeah. I love it. Um, my mom so. would know if I said it now. <laughs> <laughs> I got more like cussy. I get, you know, to fuck a lot more in the last several years. Oh, me too. At yeah. At a certain point, my sister said something to me about it. Like, wow, you're really cussing a lot lately. <laughs> I'm like, my mom said something to me not too long ago. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> You need to start watching your mouth. <laughs> None of your fucking business. Yeah. Yeah. Stay out of this. <laughs> yeah. Stay out of it, mom. I don't swear around my, you know, the kids, so. Right. Yeah. The first time I swore in front care? of my mother, she just laughed. So. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was one of those my dad really told me. My dad told me. Laughed. My dad told me not that long ago that young ladies don't say fuck. And I'm like, really? You're like, well, that is incorrect. Fuck that. Yeah, fuck that. (laughs) Like, the last time I checked, I'm not a young lady anymore. But, all right. Yeah. You could have gotten away to say that to me, you know, when I was in high school or college. Right. Yeah. Not so much. I said that word when I was in high school. I probably did not, but that's okay. I didn't say it much in high school. Mm, I did. It was more (laughs) after college. Not not a lot, but I definitely said it. Like, it wasn't a thing that I was like, I don't say that word, you know. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, Anyway. so this book. um, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. There's Tara keeping us on track. Yeah, that's that. I always I said one yeah. word. That's all it takes. <laughs> anyway, the book. So, um, next morning, uh, before she, you know, stops at Central Eve and Peabody, stop to talk to Morris and De Winter, and Dickie and Harvo. I mean, essentially, she's you know, what do you got for me? What do you got for me? And everybody's going like nothing yet. <laughs> stop bothering us. <laughs> I love that DeWinter um, just does not even give Eve like a chance. She's just like, just don't. And we have a you know a little moment between Eve and DeWinter's daughter who is there. So I know I love that. That was nice. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh, but one thing that DeWinter did tell Eve is that they are working on a composite photo of the second victim, based on DNA information or you know, information that they have generally Mm -hmm. about the person. So, uh, back at central Eve has a meeting with Mira and I found that, and I thought this was funny also because, you know, I mean, we're always talking about, or Eve's always like bitching about Mira's admin, you know, being a bitch that she didn't like her. And then Eve goes into Mira's office this time and she's got a, a new admin. I guess this girl is uh, filling in. She's a temp filling in for the the regular admin because the regular admin's daughter went into yeah. labor or something like that. Yeah. And, and, you know, this girl's all cheery and nice and, you know, yes, of course you can see Mira and everything. And Eve's like, oh, well, this is more like it. But then 
you know, she gets into Mira's office and Mira's like all frazzled and she's saying, oh, that yeah, this admin is, she seems nice, but she's just unorganized and yeah. she's not, you know. <laughs> so. I, I was like, why, why can't, why not both? <laughs> I know. Like that. <laughs> like, like, like that commercial with a little girl, little girl with yeah. the tacos. Like, why not both? That's what. Is it always or is it never and? <laughs> right. Yeah. Isn't into the woods quote for you all. Um, you're welcome. But really, like, <laughs> I'm like, thank why you. Are, why? Because obviously, like, the whole ongoing thing with Eve and Mira's admin is like, oh yes, Eve is intimidated by her. But also, like, why do you have to be unpleasant to also be efficient? That's not how life works. No, but. Um, you know, a lot of times and we've talked about this too, a lot of times I think that Nora writes stuff into as a answer to fans, you know, and I feel mm. like a lot of people probably complained about why is Mira's admin so horrible? Yeah, that's Eve. fair. And I mean, this may have been her answer, like, okay, let's put in a nice one and we'll see. Like she puts in a nice one and she is nice, but she's kind of yeah. not got a handle on things as much as the other one. And Mira's now frazzled because this new admin is not doing things correctly. And so yeah. this is what happens. This is what happens. Yeah. When I, when I put in a nice uh, admin for Mira, she doesn't do as good of a job. So that's why she's got the other one. I think that's, that's Nora's response. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eve's doing a lot today. She's visiting a lot of people. Then back at central, she has a meeting with Mira and then with Rio and one of the things he found at this at at uh, Delgado's apartment is in the in the windowsill, she found some like fabric, like it ripped off somebody's pants or jacket or something. Mm -hmm. So when Eve is having this meeting with Rio, Peabody pops in and basically says she found the supplier of the fabric, and they can trace it back, kind of to uh, Tavinsky. So they decide to bring Tavinsky in for questioning. But before they do that, Eve gets the box of diaries that um, Carmichael and uh, Shelby have picked up. And she's looking through them. And of course, Alva has notated every single, you know, moment where she was abused by this guy and everything. So Eve's got all this information on this guy. And she really wants to take him down. And so, we're all like, yeah, um, we also yes, fucking want do. you to. <laughs> please right. do. Exactly. The worst. So after they do that, after she does that, she they bring Tavinsky in for questioning. Uh, basically, Eve hits him with the evidence, threatened to in, threatens to inform his uncle, Yuri Bardoff, and, you know, Tavinsky is afraid of his uncle. So he decides, you know, he wants to make a deal. And then later, Yuri Bardov himself comes into Cop Central to talk to Eve. Ooh. And according to Peabody, Eve really handled him. I mean, she really did. <clears throat> I mean, Eve basically said, you know, I mean, if I had information, if I had evidence against you, I, you'd be in, in jail also. I mean, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, I also feel like that's exactly what he would expect her to say. Well, yeah. Right. You know, because yeah. he knows, yeah. he knows what she's about. Mm -hmm. 
But also she's telling him like, it's not going to do you any good to go after your nephew at this point, you know? Yeah. And they talk about hiding him, you know, they talk about kind of hiding him or giving him a new identity so that you know, Yuri Bardov can't find him and take care of the situation. Ugh, quote unquote. Murder him, murder him, bury dead. But the interesting thing is Yuri Bardov is like, if he's cheating on his wife with all these women and that's not something I approve of. So again, you know, he's the Russian gangster with a heart. <laughs> with a heart. With a heart of gold. I mean, so. And I love him. So after that, Eve contacts um, Alva Quirk's ex-husband, who's Garrett Wicker, and sets up a meet with him, saying she wants to give him some of Alva's diaries. They, she doesn't want to go there. She, she, you know, kind of like talks him into coming to her. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's going to come in the next day again, you know, even though this book is not one of those where it's like, you know, action, all action all the time, there's a ton that's happening. Ton of leg work. So much leg work. So Eve goes home and she's understandably very tired. And then, and you know, Somerset says something to Rourke about text Rourke. Yeah. She's, (laughs) she's exhausted herself. I like, I like that Somerset (laughs) randomly, like. Obviously, we know Somerset and Rourke text each other, but it's also a thing that, like, right. we just don't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked about it until now. It's like, it's this, true. If this was never important to bring up, but now let's talk about it. So, um, Rourke comes home and Eve's already in bed asleep. So he just decides, you know, apparently he's had a hard day too. So he just decides, you know, what the hell? I'll just lay down and take a nap with her. Um, and then, and then later on, they both wake up and he's like, let's take a romantic walk outside to the pond that we just built. The pond fairies, quote unquote, is, have set a bottle of wine out there and a couple of glasses. And they, it was just a really kind of, again, you know, it's, it's showing a lot of very kind of married moments. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of he and Eve together. You know, I mean, yeah, they talk about the case, but it's more about like, let's take the evening for us. And they, you know, Rourke tells her she can have pizza. Then they're, then they watch a movie with some popcorn, apparently, because the next morning it says Eve says something about she feels good the next morning. And it's no wonder because they had, you know, a pond, pizza, popcorn, pretty entertaining vid followed by a round of lazy. I love that. Like, Mm. it's. So mm-hmm. so married and them yeah 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 you know which is funny because like if you were to if you were just ask any fan of the series like you know what do you think of even work as a couple like what is something that makes you think of the two of them together we're not gonna like that's not the first thing that jumps in your head but it is so them you know yeah right yeah him being like yeah um we're gonna have pizza under fancy domes and. She being like, we're going to watch an old, you know, movie and eat popcorn. Like, you know, I don't know. I really, I just, I love the domesticity. Yeah, of it's sweet. Yeah. So sweet. Now, one thing we missed is that at a certain point, Rourke does, she asks Rourke about, you know, his, the, the job that he essentially does for Feeney. And Rourke tells her the whole mm-hmm. story of these. Yeah. Of the thieves. The thieves that took yeah. this artwork. Mm-hmm. And uh, how brilliant the whole thing was, you know. 
Yeah. And, and then he's happy they got away. <laughs> and he's happy they got away. Um, and he's like, yeah, I can't believe you. Like, Right. I love it. Maybe you shouldn't say that. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, you know, you can kind of see that he would be kind of impressed by not impressed, but yeah. I mean and it would kind of irritate. Well work can appreciate (laughs) a a skilled thief. It's you know. Yeah. I mean yeah. I mean somebody's gotta take over his legacy. Yeah. And honestly, like you gotta admire skill when there's skill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So next morning, Eve goes in to check on the progress of identifying the first victim and gets a preliminary sketch of the face. I mean, at this point, the second vic- the the first victim, Alva, we're really, we've already finished. It's like halfway through the book, we were already finished with her case. Like, mm-hmm. Right. Essentially. You yeah. know. So now the second part of the book is her focusing on figuring out who this woman is and who killed her, the second victim. Right. So um, she's got a preliminary sketch of the face. So she's starting to do, you know, facial recognition Mm -hmm. in the computer. And then Garrett Wicker shows up. That's Alva's ex at Cop Central to pick up the diaries. Mm -hmm. And I really kind of appreciated like how she and how even Peabody kind of played it Mm -hmm. to kind of like get him into Mm -hmm. a, a, uh, you know, instead of being in Eve's office, get him into a, um, an interview room, interview room Mm -hmm. and get him to agree to the revised Miranda, you know, it was Mm -hmm. so clever. Yeah. 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 Very much so, you know, um, so I just I just really liked how they how they played him in that way. Um, Eve confronts him with the evidence against him, and this guy is not just going to take the deal. He's just like fuck you, right? So, mm-hmm. but at this point, and and Eve had already set up with Nadine. She'd given Nadine all the information and had mm-hmm. Nadine, you know, ready to ready to go know, publish a story on it. You know, so um, this guy's going to along have... with Jake's ass. Let's not forget that. Mention. Oh, yeah. We, we missed that. Part, oh, yeah. You know, I thought you would appreciate that. Jake's ass. <laughs> and saying, huh? All right. Good for you. All right. Good for Good you, Nadine. And a <laughs> girl. So. um so yeah, um, Wicker's just gonna say fuck you, and but Eve's like at this point, like she's like, eh, no, actually, I'm done. If <laughs> you're gonna pay for what you did, and I'm done. Yep, I'm over it. Yep. Um. So um. Now Eve wants to interview the elder singers. So um. Even Peabody jet copped her over to Peabody is like, hell yes. Yeah. (laughs) She's so pleased. Yeah. Um so they uh talk to them. Eve shows them the preliminary sketch that she has. They say they don't know who the who the person is, but Eve thinks they're lying. So Mm -hmm. um Apparently, Yuri Bardov lives right next door. Right, we're like right. very close to the singers. Oh, all of the terrible right. people live near each other. I mean, not really terrible, but you know, 
terrible at well, some point ish i mean it kind of like he has this construction company and they have a construction company so it kind of made sense in a way i mean th- that's it's, actually very true <laughs> a lot it, of those you know, a they, lot of those businesses hang out near each other well and they did mm-hmm. they they partnered on s- several projects and yeah. that kind of thing too um so because he lived very close even peabody got to talk to him and that's where we get the scene of him like puttering around in this garden and mm-hmm. the wife you know yeah. making cookies with the grandkids and um him basically saying like yeah i think i've decided to retire you know and i might contact your husband and sell my company to him basically giving basically again making, like i said basically making me fall in love with him even right more. but also giving eve a little bit of a vision into her yeah. future right like I don't think Rourke's going to be puttering around in a garden, but... He might. You don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You're right. You don't you know. You're probably... I mean, he might decide to take up botany They or... did plant a tree together and put in a pond. Exactly. I mean, they didn't put in the pond, but he, yeah. you he don't supervised. Know. Exactly. <laughs> Come on now. I just want to see Rourke, like, digging up flower beds and oh, yeah. flowers in and yeah and putting in a, yeah. a swing set for the, for the grandkids and you know oh yeah that I whole want thing. It all. yeah <laughs> so but yeah that i think that's Add exactly that my fan fiction. <laughs> right there, there, it is. <laughs> there it is <laughs> so um on the way back eve gets a, communi- a communication from de winter and uh, with the full description of the victim and her mm-hmm. baby right um and so back at central eve takes care of some end of the day stuff and she also has a short discussion with baxter about true heart and again it's very like i you know this is another thing that maybe think like she's showing eve as kind of more hands off mm-hmm. right um but i so i i had to laugh at this part though because um so she finally eve leaves for the day and she meets Mira on the way. And Mira's um, got to go to. She's she's got dinner planned with, with her husband, and mm-hmm. Eve offers to take her, you know, to right. the restaurant, drop her off at the restaurant, and they talk about the case a little bit, this and that. Okay, so um, when when do you suppose this book is written? Probably a year ahead of when it was released, maybe. Maybe yeah. a year. Usually, so. she's about a year ahead. Usually, okay. How long have we been doing this this podcast? About a year. Okay. Why? <laughs> so, Mira, Mira. So they get to the restaurant, and it says Mira reached into the bag that held all things, pulled out a collapsible umbrella. <laughs> she opened the door, popped a red and white striped umbrella, and shot back a smile. And she said, "Best to Rourke," as she dashed out on her red and white striped heels. And Eve says, her umbrella matches her shoes. I mean, who thinks of that? Oh, my God. Isn't that like almost exactly what we said on our podcast? I mean, I'm not saying that Nora listened to our podcast. Nora and, listens! And decided to write that in. But isn't oh I God, feel like that's funny. a pretty big coincidence because... That's we really talked funny. about that on, on like, one of our first shows. Yeah. yeah, one of our first shows. We talked about it in Glory and the Glory. This episode. was this book was more than likely written right around that same time. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I'm not saying that I don't, I don't want to say that we actually influenced her to put that in. But But if, uh, if we did, God bless you, Nora. (laughs) (laughs) We love you. Cheers. Yeah. (laughs) I just thought that was funny. That's hilarious. I have I a big think note that. here. Does Nora listen think, to the podcast? I did think, yeah, with the with the umbrella and the shoes and the matching, like I thought, I but I didn't even think about us discussing it on the podcast. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's too funny. <laughs> that, that is I mean, that crazy. Thought, that is crazy. I think that. So anyway, they're back at home now. And she and Rourke are having dinner and she's continuing the search on the, on the second victim. Mm-hmm. Um, and while they're having dinner, the computer signaled that it had a match and it says the woman's name is Johara Muir. Muir? Muir, I think. Okay. Yeah, I- um, and she attended the same college as Bolton Singer. So suddenly Eve's thinking, oh my God, I got I the wrong, I was looking at the, the, his father and grandmother, but mm-hmm. maybe it's him. Right. You know, and she's like, now I have to go question him. Yeah, um, and she's pretty pissed about it. Cause she thought she was completely snowed. Right. Yeah. yeah. That she didn't at all because it she just seemed like a genuinely nice person. A genuinely nice guy. Yeah. You know, when they visited them before, which we didn't talk about, but, um, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, they were before. doing a little jam session with the family. And, yeah. Yeah. And they just seemed like good people. They, you know, another uh, reference for people my age, they were the uh, one and only original family band. <laughs> that was a, a Disney movie from back in the day. But um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. And so she, yeah, she thought she was just completely, she missed it. Like this guy did such a great job at um so yeah they she's really angry and they like storm over to his house or she does and rourke's trying to talk her down like you know well you know um and so she kind of like goes into his house and confronts him with this picture and it's very clear right from the beginning that you know he's like shocked and knows who this woman is right away tells eve the entire story of how they they were dating and she got pregnant and they were going to get married and you know then she and then she disappeared disappears Mm -hmm. so eve's like okay so he's not she wasn't snowed he just isn't the guy yeah right and now she's you know looking even harder at you know the uh daddy and grandma Mm -hmm. daddy and grandma um so uh after so it's then i think right after that is when she goes to arrest the older singers yeah for uh Mm -hmm. johara's murder um because they go right from there and it's like and it's like storming yeah oh yeah to take the the helicopter anyway or the jet copter anyway and they're like you know, um, she's thinking she's going to die. I did appreciate, I did appreciate Rourke being very sweet about it though. Instead of being like, mm-hmm. let's go. And like fucking with her, he was like, okay, it's going to be rough. It's going to be okay. Well, it's going to be, well, I mean, I think he was probably also a little bit worried too, well, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But he wasn't being like how he normally is when yeah. he pilots yeah. for her. He was being very sweet about it. And, right. Yeah. 
so they get to the singer home and Rourke being Rourke, he stops, you know, a little ways away and like disables their external cameras or whatever. And she's like, Oh, wait a minute. You can do that from here. So, but he's Rourke. He can. So yes, of course he can. Of course he can. <laughs> I know. So they go in and it looks like, um, JB singer is about ready to, you know, fly, the coop. A, fly the coop take an extended vacation and she's nope i'm here to arrest you and Surprise. then <laughs> then yeah grandma pops out with a gun and shoots eve two times and it's a mess but they finally and here's what i like was just work and eve that they like together like brown these two people up and bring them in mm-hmm. just them yeah like I Yeah, because didn't they call they called in Baxter and McNabb and and Trueheart. Yeah. And they all went and they stayed there. They, they had to go through there. the house. Yeah. yeah. Right. But they drove up. Yeah. She right. sent for them and they drove up. Mm-hmm. So they get these people to Cop Central and it's like it's I, I it's, it's like a late night party, like Whitney shows up right. and says like you know oh that woman yeah my wife has a bitch with her like you know and (laughs) can't wait to see this interview let's go get some chips and soda and i know that's what i said i think that's when i said jack fucking whitney in the (laughs) facebook group i I was like oh i love it really like he's like yeah let's go get some snacks and let's get some snacks and watch this shit (laughs) this is very like okay it's so not whitney that you got it's just like Right. Oh, I love it. And that's what so he says too. Like, what the hell is going on? What here? the hell like, is happening? What is going on? So, yeah. Here's Rourke and her commander. They're just taking chips and soda and going to. Yeah. But hang then out after questioning um, JB, they, you, you, Eve and Rio and Peabody are like leaving the room. They're like, hey, let's, let, why don't we get some chips and soda? And Peabody's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm up for that. So she goes out and gets some chips and soda for them, you know. Um, <laughs> It's just it's so great. <laughs> it's an interesting closing of the, the you know. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, both the the grandmother basically says "fuck you" like the other guy. But basically, yeah. yeah. The father folds right away. Oh yeah. Like, you know. Uh, yeah, and she's got grandma cold basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Come on now. What a and bitch. grandma's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, she was awful. F you. Well, yeah, know, oh, all like, the things that she I, said about you, you, we all want like the second we met this bitch, we're like, if it's not her, I'm gonna be so mad, <laughs> hey, right? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So, yeah, that's basically where it yeah. ends. That's where we <laughs> end it. Yeah, so that's great. Yeah, I mean, there's some lighthearted moments. Yeah, there's, I mean, yeah, there's some there good were, stuff that you're like, oh yeah, that's it. the The character growth for you know our like main cast of characters is not really in the forefront, but I think that it's there. You know. Yeah. Especially yeah. with yeah, you know, like with the discussions we had about like Peabody and. And Rourke not being up Eve's ass on this investigation. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, you I know, know what I mean. mean. You know, I know what you mean. Right. Not wrong. But Eve 
you know, trusting Peabody to take care of mm-hmm. stuff herself. Yeah. Um, and Peabody and- being able to accept the responsibility without being like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, got right. that, right. got that from Peabody literally within the last couple every books. Book. Yeah. And, and we get it in every book, but like sometimes in the last couple of books, I've been like, yeah, but you're better than this. And here, yeah, right. and you're, she, you're grown up now. Peabody. Said, Thank you. Instead of being like, <laughs> you know, are you sure? Or I'm, you know, I need you. Right. And that's important. I, I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you know, we know how some, some people hate that Peabody's just an annoying little assistant. She's an annoying yeah. assistant. Um, but, uh, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it shows growth in that way. It shows growth in that, um, the other like funny kind of funny part was, um, Eve at a certain point saying to Peabody, like, okay, you got five right. minutes to talk about the, <laughs> yeah. the home yeah. about the house. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Eve in general has, has just been, she gets, and again, I, I've said this before that Peabody is definitely the person that other than Rourke that brings this out of her. Like mm-hmm. understanding the importance of actively taking part in something outside of her partner and friends, you know, like her personal yeah. life. That's not her going, Oh, I'm tired of hearing about you and McNabb. It's literally giving Peabody a chance to engage in something she cares about, you know, like there's right. Right. Eve understands that, you know, and I think she genuinely cares to give Peabody those opportunities, but that's not her natural, you know, right? Like, no. like she when she when she thinks about it, she's like, oh, I should do this because I love right. Peabody and because I want her to know that she can do this with me because she's not constantly going to be this like crotchety bitch who's like, can you shut up about things that are not murder? Because <laughs> right. because she does come across that way, but every time she does right. that. There's always this little tiny moment where you see her go, you know, actually, I can be not a bitch about this. Yeah. Why am I this way? (laughs) Yeah. Why am I the way I am? (laughs) This is why Eve is such a great character because Nora is so Mm -hmm. subtle with how she does these things with her. It's not not suddenly a nicer person or whatever. Eve is a person who is like understanding how she has to grow in smaller ways with the way she interacts with mm-hmm. the people she cares about, you know, sometimes right. we get, we right. get really caught up on being like, um, well, that person likes me anyway, so I can be a dick to them, you know, like. Right. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. Well, and I also think that Eve is, I think she's just like overall a very guarded person and she doesn't like to let people mm-hmm. in to her self and like, you know, she just, but I think she's realizing now that she's not to, not saying she's stuck with Peabody, but she has Peabody and she can she can open up to her now a little bit right. more and let Peabody open up to her without worrying about getting hurt. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. Well, and then to come full circle back to to them as as, you know, the police detectives, Eve, the growth Eve has made in being like. I'm okay with giving this important task to my partner instead of it, you know, like they'll have like a, they'll have like a fucking bust and Eve's like, okay, my team is me and Rourke and we're going to go to the place where the bad guy clearly is. And I'm going to protect this, my precious. And it was still kind of that way. Like she has moved on from that. She's like here, you know, 
I need you to do this and I trust you to do this. And it's not just about her trusting Peabody. It's her trusting herself to not jump in and be like, mm-hmm. I have to fix it because I have to control everything. She's so right. She She's just grown so much in that way. And that's what I really love about Eve. Yeah. And again, that's one of the things that makes me think that this, this is, you know, Nora winding it down, Eve getting to that point where she doesn't have to control everything. She, yeah. She doesn't have to do everything because she can't. Right. 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 No. So starting to kind of delegate, you know, more things and kind of letting Peabody be more independent. Because when Eve becomes captain or whatever, Peabody's going to have to find another partner. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm not saying that I don't know what's in Nora's mind, so I don't know if that's the case, but it, the last few books, that is what it seemed like to me. Sure. Yeah. And I totally agree mm-hmm. with you. I see it. Yeah. Yep. So, anything more we need to say about this book? I don't think so. Any other favorite parts that you want to mention? Um, I think we covered mm-hmm. them all pretty well. Like I said, I... I'm in love with the Russian gangster. Mm, that's, that's all I have to say about it. Yeah. What do you do? I mean, I mean you don't. <laughs> you don't. Or you do. I don't know. <laughs> Eve's in love with an Irish gangster, so. There you go. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Eve just needs to learn how to bake cookies so that when they yeah. have grandkids, she can bake the cookies and Rourke can put her in the garden. That's yeah. so adorably domestic. <laughs> and also not even work yet. No, that's so, not what's going to happen. Not at all. all. No. That's why I kind of no, want it to happen. They need they need to <laughs> eat buttery popcorn and watch movies. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. After eating pizza that's what's in a fancy location in their house at the end. And then sex. Because that happens in these books. And then they have to do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> they have to do the thing. They're still doing the thing. Oh my gosh. Of course. Yeah. Oh, they're totally going to be those horny old people. You know that. Hell yeah. yes, they are. Well, yeah. Eve does say at one point or thinks in her head, like when, when the, when Yuri Bardov's wife comes out and gives them cookies or whatever, and then goes back in the house that Yuri's looking at her and she's thinking like, you know, she wondered if Rourke was going to look at her the same way when he's that mm-hmm. age as, you know, so yeah. Of course he is. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Because this is, this is, you know, we're foreshadowing that right now with this book, in my opinion. Yeah. I can see 100%. it. Yep. And pr- also in my opinion, Nora's listening to our podcast. And, <laughs> and I, I mean, hey, Nora. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so we got our hundredth podcast coming up, Nora, if you want to, if you want to take you part know, of that, contact I'm, us. Yeah, call us Nora Roberts. Call us Nora. <laughs> Why don't you give us a number, AJ? <laughs> call us Nora Roberts. Two zero five four seven six two seven five three. That spells out two zero five four Rourke. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nothing has made me happier today oh. than this. Okay, oh, so goodness. are we going to do commendations? 
Oh, oh yeah, let's do commendations yeah. for this book. Sorry, thank you, Tara. You're welcome. <laughs> let's do commendations for this book. Do me since you me mentioned it, Tara. You go first. Okay. So this is like so random and out of left field, but I just loved it so much. My commendation for this book is for Feeney because I appreciate how far he has, he and Rourke have like created a relationship outside of Eve. Rourke came in and worked with Feeney, had nothing to do with Eve. And of course, anytime I get to hang out with my dude Feeney, I'm in. Hi. <laughs> so Jen. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with Yuri Bardoff. Yeah, I kind of thought that you maybe. I figured you because, would. Because I'm in love with him. And I think I, I just appreciated his story. I thought it was, you know, it was a good look at a at a criminal that's not, you know, that has a decent heart. And I mean, that's kind of what our main character is. So. So I am going to give my commendation to um, Bolton Singer's wife, Lilith. Yes. Oh, good one. And the reason is because once, you know, all this came out of who the the woman was that they found, who the bones were um, from, um, and Eve kind of like hints to them that they, she thinks that it's the dad and the grandmother who, um, Mm-hmm. killed her mm-hmm. i mean lilith kind of goes off yeah 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 but also she, yeah she goes off on the dead well mostly the grandma but also be, just because of the fact that she clearly uh, knew the story understood what had happened mm-hmm. supported him yeah mm-hmm. um he had gotten a letter from the woman supposedly um and right. was going to throw it out and she fished it out of the trash can and kept it for him you know just in general she plays keyboards in the family band like like um like mrs partridge she's really freaking great huge fan Um, (laughs) i was like yes all of those things yeah Yeah. so it's perfect so yeah that's my combination i love it Oh, wait a minute. Should we talk about what we really didn't get a whole lot of uh, comments? No, I about- got one on Twitter. And it was Cheryl Moss said she loved it. It's in her top five. So, awesome. yeah, I, I think there are those people who really do like the more kind of emotional, yeah, kind of laid back emotional books. Yeah. Yeah. And, but again, I, it's funny that we're saying laid back because there was so much going on. With so this much one. going on, but it, but it did, did seem it felt, like kind of a more laid back. It felt vibe. pretty, it felt kind of chill. Like right. she wasn't like, she wasn't up against a deadline for this one. You know, she wasn't thinking somebody else is going to get killed. Yeah. She wasn't, you know, trying to take down a cult. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I did notice that I forgot to that we didn't we kind of skipped over is mm-hmm. them talking about the um she was talking about the riots that happened and mm. um the yeah because I don't really I, I don't thought, I don't want to mention I, so I have already yeah. gone through and 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 notated some like <laughs> some of the the reviews and one of the reviews is like very pissed at this part I'm pretty sure they're talking about this that part okay okay um, yeah. So, but I'm uh, sorry. That'll, we'll talk about that. will be fun to look forward to in a couple weeks. Yeah. Right. 
but there is a little bit of, of that, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it is, I mean, like I said, the, the whole theme of the book is, is, you know, people, people in power mm-hmm. abusing the power. Yeah. Right. And, you know, also using that power to disempower women or, Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a little bit of the, there yeah. was a lot of kind of, yeah, you know, yeah. screw the patriarchy and, yeah. yeah. Um, there was a lot of 2020 in this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there really was. Yeah. I mean, like, so, I mean, um, yeah. A lot of 2020 in this book. Yep. On Instagram, Ula Girl said, um, I had thought, okay, this will be the book in which De Winter will be really featured, but it wasn't. I don't feel like we know her as well as we know Louise, Mira, or even Trina. Maybe as much as we know Rio, but I feel like she was set up to be a more important character. And then Leafling Bags answered her and said, well, Eve didn't like her, so maybe once she warms up to her, she will be more present in the novels. (laughs) I mean, yeah, fair. That's fair, though. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I appreciate that Eve just didn't like jump right in and be like, "Yes, I have to like this person because Morris likes right. her." You know, right, right. And I feel like it's they're both a little standoffish with with each other. So, oh yeah, like, and that's kind of one like of the that best scene things. where Eve calls her about just giving her a timeline, and she's like, "Nope, I don't have the nope. report. I'm not giving it to you. I don't guess. That's not how I work." And I'm just like, "Just send her the fucking timeline." But, but here's God's the sake. thing, though. Here's what I will say about that: is that like, I appreciate someone who will stand up to Eve because Eve is she's very demanding, yeah. and she knows how she can get her way with with Dicky. She knows how she can get her way in certain situations, and she does need someone to to kind of be like, "This is how it is, yeah. Eve." I can't right. do this. I, you know, totally get that. Completely, hundred percent get that. Except we're in a situation like this where it's like, okay, I'm just asking for, you know, right. a vague timeline. Right. I don't want but the science. I, think, I don't. Want I agree, the- but I, I really think that you know, Eve has a reputation, and she has already worked with Winter before. I think Winter definitely was expecting a jump down the throat, and I think she preemptively was like, I can't give you what you want right now you need to get off my back like she didn't really right, give right. eve a chance to ask for it because she knows Eve's reputation and she's worked with her before True. i mean that makes sense and that yeah, was right. kind of why i was like i see it i see it and i right, love yeah. i love the light conflict between the two of them right it's very yeah. it's and- very refreshing because it's not bullying it's not pushy right, right. they're both right they're both smart and I just, it's something I really appreciate. Yeah. Okay. And, and a lot of Fair the enough. friction, I mean, most of the friction, I mean, it, it was useful yeah, to begin with. Morris. And yeah, and, and they did address that in this They book. did. So mm-hmm. again, another thing that's addressed so we can get over mm-hmm. it and right. we can all move on. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but. Yeah. So the other post I put on um, Instagram was the a quote from the book where Rourke says to Eve, don't say it's your job, not to me. It's your calling, your passion, your bloody destiny. And I found another part of mine is doing what I, ca- what I can do to help you. It matters to me that I can. And Eve says to him, it matters to me that you will. Uh, no. 
And yeah. Um, and I basically said, you know, that we just love the way that Rourke understands Eve, mm-hmm. who Eve is. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And um, first of all, our our guest for next week, uh, S.J. Tilly, mm-hmm. answered and said she loves this quote. Um, and um, Michelle K says, "Oh my God, my heart! I wish someone, <laughs> I wish someone would say these beautiful things to me. I guess that's why it's called fiction." Fair enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then I love the angel in disguise Mm. says, um, listen, naysayers, Mm -hmm. these books wouldn't be what they are or as interesting without Eve and or Rourke and their relationship. If it's such a problem, stop reading the damn books and go complain elsewhere. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So true. Um, And then, uh, and I answered truth. But then she said, with that being said, they are perfectly imperfect, and I absolutely love how they support each other, even when they piss each other yeah. off. Same. You know. Chelsea, and I can't pronounce the last name, so I'm not even going to try. So Chelsea. Um, <laughs> responded to one of my posts this week and said, so I just discovered this amazing book series. I was a little young when they first came out and I am having trouble getting all of them and starting to scour eBay and whatnot. But then I discovered your podcast and I cannot wait to read the book so I can listen and follow along. Aww. I love that. So, um, and yeah, I mean, that's so sweet. Yeah. Leafling bags said, get the audiobooks from Amazon. They are amazing. <laughs> and of course I had to answer we heart Susan Erickson <laughs> <laughs> of course yeah. you did and then Diana um, answered um, listened on audio to the amazing Susan Erickson this one I felt like a proper police procedural and I enjoyed the investigation and Susan I don't know did you listen to the audiobook on this I one did Tara? yeah Susan Erickson was really like, there were a couple scenes with Eve, but she was like, she was really it. getting, you know, like less, you know, less surprising, of course, is the fact that she did all of those different voices with the slight change in the Russian accents. She mm-hmm. was, but no, she was, she was just on top of this one. I think that she, I think that's another reason why I was so drawn to the style of this, this book with all of the like inner monologues and, and mm-hmm. I don't know, like I think a lot of it was because of the way that Susan performed it. Yeah. And she does, you know, every once in a while she makes interesting, interesting choices. Agreed. Like the, the, uh, the, the brothers who own the apartment complex, she made them like, but she yeah, that one her. was, that was that was less less cool with me than the uh, because I was just so in love with the Russians and I didn't right. I, I was like those are that's fine the brothers are fine but the Russians were fantastic <laughs> yeah and and um yeah so I'm just saying now one of the reviews I mean 
this person does not like Susan Erickson. And it's like a gigantic review of Ev. Oh, no. Like, yeah, it, it just goes on and on. And it's really it was not me. angry. But I promise. Oh my gosh. It, was, it wasn't Jen. No, it's. <laughs> it was not me. I know it wasn't you because you have an appreciation. I mean, I even at, at, at the very least, if nothing else, I know you can't listen to the audiobooks night. And I totally am fine with that because you do appreciate that she's a good audiobook reader, even though some of the characters you, you can't listen mm-hmm. to. Exactly. Right. Um, 100%. So, but this person doesn't appreciate anything about Susan Erickson at all, period. Oh, well, fuck them. So we'll get to that when we get to the uh, re-review the reviews. It's going to be, it's gonna be a just want- very special episode. A very spell, yes. <laughs> very special, <laughs> like all of them, because they're great. They're all very special, but this I one, mean, fair enough. They are. Like, but here they're we all. are, like what two weeks before we do that episode, and we're just we're already gearing up to just rip these assholes <laughs> apart because that's what we because that's yeah. what we do. Yes, that's what we do. So, back to podcast business. Yes. Um, yes. We do have one more new patron. Woohoo! All right, uh, Michelle G. Michelle, is a new thank you. Thank you. Uh, we really appreciate it, Michelle. Um, also, I got a message from Yvonne, and you know, we talked the last time about you know maybe need to up the amount people are giving to Patreon so that we can maybe mm-hmm. afford to you know do more for them and right. yvonne just voluntarily upped her her uh what she Aww. was doing <laughs> that's just how yvonne is yeah, yeah. that's so sweet <laughs> it's so sweet yvonne thank you so we do i think i can work on getting out stickers for people um so i guess what i need from people is to tell me what you'd want yeah yeah we got some yeah. we got some good we got some magnets that we sent to our patrons um, for snitches through Patreon or um, no, we we sent okay. it we sent it to our patrons, um, uh-huh. but no, we had this like um, from Sticker Mule. We got like okay. a bunch of them, but we just wanted to do something special because we don't have the merch ready, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, I would prefer something like magnets or something a little bit more useful. Patreon just does stickers, yeah. but, yeah. you know. I agree. Um, but, you know, that can be fun, too. So, uh, but, yeah, I, I would really like to hear, like, people's opinions of what they would yeah. want if they were going to be sent to stickers. So, like, you know, I mean, you could do stuff like there could be a bite me sticker. <laughs> Or, you know, <laughs> I mean, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so yeah, that is what is happening with our Patreon. Um, so last week's trivia question uh, was what food did Rourke say he would buy Eve because he thinks she will like them? And the answer is sugar plums. Um, Indeed it is. This was actually answered by a lot of people. Yvonne, Louise, Dana, Sarah, and Heidi. Um, and I, you know, 
there may be more and I missed them, but it was answered by a lot of people. I'm sure. You know, um, this week's trivia question is who stole the Monet? Oh, nice. Very simple. I like it. As we already said in this show next week, we have a special guest SJ Tilly, mm-hmm. who is an author uh, of contemporary romances and she's going to come in next week and talk. We're going to talk about the doing the thing, even Martin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> doing the talk thing. about the sex. Doing the thing. Yeah. Um. And uh, after that, are we review the reviews, which we're already gearing up for? Oh yeah. So, and I should say, um, we're also this month going to record a episode that's going to come later on. This is going to come after next book we read is going to be remember when mm-hmm. uh, first week of November. Yep. And we're going to be recording an episode with the ladies of romancing the shelf again, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. because they're going to be reading. Remember when they read the first part, just mm-hmm. the Nora Roberts part, and they never read the, the second part with right. even Rourke and all the gang. Yeah. So um, we're going to talk to them about that. We'll play that um, I, pr- hopefully the week after we review um, Remember When. So that should be an interesting discussion to yeah. see their perspective. This will be the first time they'll kind of like Jen. This is mm-hmm. when you were introduced to Even mm-hmm. Rourke. Yep. So this will be when they're introduced to Even Rourke. So it'll be interesting to hear their perspectives on yeah. the in-death world. Yeah. yeah. I'm know. excited. Yeah, so it should be a good show. Yep. Um, and otherwise, I think that's it. I think that's all I've got for this episode. Me too. Yeah. You know, so um, <laughs> again, yeah, we say this every show, but follow us on all of our social medias. Call the number. Got them all. Call the number. Call us Nora Roberts. Call us Nora Roberts. Let us yeah. know if you've been listening to the show and that if you put that in about the umbrellas just because you listened to the show we'd reluctant it's not it's not but i that's my head cannon you know I'm what gonna... head cannon head cannon accepted <laughs> and, uh, totally. and anyone anyone of you can call us uh yeah, and please do you know. and uh i th- that's that's it is there anything that's else it. i forgot yeah. to say no this is kind of a crazy day i don't know i don't know about you guys but it is uh, yeah for some reason this was a it's crazy day crazy day. <laughs> crazy day so okay so that's it for this episode <laughs> of um podcast and death yes. so for podcast and death this is aj this is jen this is tara and we'll see you next week bye guys bye, bye. thank you for listening to podcast in death If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Podcast in Death is hosted by Amy Ryan, Jen Terpstra, and Tara Corkery, and is edited and produced by Amy Ryan. The opinions expressed on this show are for entertainment purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the in-death fandom at large. Podcast in-death is not in any way affiliated with Nora Roberts, Berkeley, Penguin Publishing Group, or St. Martin's Press. Our theme song is Justice Never Sleeps by Cosmo, 
and is available on Shutterstock.com. This episode and all of our previous episodes are available at podcastindeath.com. Have something to say? You can email us at show at podcastindeath.com or find us on social media by searching for Podcast in Death on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, you can call us and leave a message at 205-476-2753. That spells out 205-4-ROARK. Thanks again for listening. And in the immortal words of Brian Kelly, fucking slouch at you.